Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Tell me what you would like to talk about or what your question is today. Um, well, when I wrote in, I think it was during Mercury retrograde and those hit me really hard. And I've just felt like I'm going to work every day. I'm working for everyone else. I'm doing good work, but I'm just not getting like the personal satisfaction out of it that I used to. And I, I know your take on purpose, but mm-hmm. I just felt like this can't, this can't be it. This can't be all that there is to it. Mm. So I think I just felt like I'm just kind of burdened by everything that's going on in the world yeah. and that work. And I don't kind of have a refuge for myself, but mm. during that time I have, I've have news since then is that I felt so physically tired. So just last Friday, I found out that I was pregnant. <gasps> Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, congratulations. Good. Okay, congratulations. I was it's like, good. wait, is it's this good. good? Is this okay? It's good. good. It's, it's Louisiana. Good. So it's you hopefully you want it, right? It's complicated. Right. Yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah. But this is a it's a, it's good. Congratulations. And are you are you in a position where you were like trying or were you just like, oh wow, this is why I'm tired? I had no idea. Um kind of not not trying. But this definitely explained the physical fatigue. And then I'm like, well, okay, now I have my own personal purpose. Mm. But, but I mean, is that really what this is? Like, I'm just looking for more direction, especially with my life changing so much, you know, to make sure that I'm a whole person as myself, but also a whole person that I can be an example to for my child. Yeah, this is great. And is this your first child? It is. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. So there's there's lots to talk about within this. And okay. you're not going to share your birth information, but I have your chart pulled up. And I love I love all the privacy in Scorpio season. It feels very on brand. I feel like okay. we're like living astrology and it's good. <laughs> good. But I want to just check in. So mm-hmm. there's like moving parts to your question. There's this like mm-hmm. larger question of purpose. Mm-hmm. But you also mentioned work. So my question mm-hmm. for you is, do you mind sharing what you do? I am a family medicine physician. So okay. I see kids, babies, all the way up to geriatrics. My oldest patient is 103. Wow. Uh-huh. 103. It's amazing to see. That is truly amazing. And mm-hmm. it's scary. 103 sounds very, very old. <laughs> very, very old. Um it, when it comes to work, and obviously we're living through a pandemic and it's mm-hmm. a banana's time to be a human, let alone a human doctor, is a meaningful part of your question about your work or is it is it just a me- meaningful part of your life? I, I mean, it's a very meaningful part of my life, but I've always felt like I didn't want my whole being to just be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like if I could never be a doctor again, starting tomorrow, I don't want to feel lost. And I think I read somewhere, (laughs) 
I read, this was probably in my twenties when I read about my North node mm-hmm. and I, it, it basically said that I was here to, to work. Interesting. And that was it. <laughs> like, wait a second. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that statement. Okay. I wouldn't, I, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Do you love being a physician? Uh, yes and no. I think almost every doctor could probably agree with this, but I feel like I love the patients and my interactions with patients. But once I step out of the exam room, I don't love what comes with it. Right. The business, the paperwork, the administrators. Yeah. The, the, the burden of being an American physician is right. Right. Yeah. I have so much I want to say already, but let me just kind Mm -hmm. of stay in my like information fact-finding moment and okay. are you partnered do you somebody who's going to co-parent with you I do okay mm-hmm. great and do you trust them as a father parent mm-hmm. yes as a partner not completely yeah mm-hmm. and are you in a monogamous relationship with him yes okay and does he have other kids one okay that's why you trust him as a parent because you've seen it yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to not fully trusting him as a partner, mm-hmm. is that because he doesn't like show up day to day or is it more the big stuff? I mean, I've diagnosed him in my head that I think he has a form of ADHD. Mm-hmm. So he procrastinates a lot. I feel like I have to nag him, which I hate doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think he's been consistent enough to earn my trust. When it comes to being a partner, checking in, being open, you know, in a relationship. Yeah. And you're Mm -hmm. late 30s, 37, 38 right now? 37, yeah. 37. Okay, great. So you know me. I'm not a fan of fixating on the nodes before the age of Mm -hmm. 40, but you're so close to 40. And this is a a moment. So we're going to go there. We're going to go there. (laughs) So you have the North Node in Taurus. And- it's in the second house, the house of Taurus. Okay. So it's in the sign of Taurus, the house of Taurus. Okay. And this nodal placement, honestly, I find to be one of the harder ones. And mm-hmm. the reason that doesn't mean it is, it's just okay. my personal take, you know, and it's like my mm-hmm. take is influenced by my birth chart, but let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because having the North node in Taurus means that you have come here in this lifetime to figure out what your values are. You called it purpose. I called it values. I did not know we were going to talk about this today, but of course it's a freaking eclipse and, you know, I've been talking about values nonstop. Mm -hmm. So this nodal placement says that you have come here to figure out what your values are and that in your most recent incarnations, it was to let go of things. It was Mm -hmm. to move past convention and find Mm -hmm. yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. And in this lifetime, It is to identify with the things that give you purpose, the things that you authentically value, and to organize your life around that. It's not about work at all. Mm. It is about values. And the reason why I think it's so hard for people is because I've seen a lot of people with this placement throw themselves into things like Mm. drugs or work or service, Mm. like, you know, it can be any number of things, but throw themselves into things with the hopes that if I really give myself over, which is a very Scorpion way of thinking, it's that South Node in Scorpio, 
then I will find my purpose through the kind of like losing myself in the action. Mm-hmm. And that actually doesn't work for this nodal placement. So mm-hmm. you can kind of go far and wide in a direction before you're like, that sh- n- no, that's not working. That doesn't work for me. Does mm-hmm. that make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The way that this particular nodal placement is difficult is not like it gives you a bad life. It's more that you can very efficiently hide your pain from everyone else and struggle because it's such a spiritual existential thing that is actually foundational to your material welfare, right? Mm -hmm. As well as your emotional, mental welfare. So it can be quite difficult. This is a really kind of triggering period for you in that regard, because again, we're in this eclipse season that's triggering the Scorpio Taurus polarity, Mm -hmm. but also for other reasons, which I'm going to get to, I promise you. So I want to say something else. Mm-hmm. In your birth chart, you have uh, Midheaven and Sagittarius with a Moon-Uranus conjunction mm-hmm. in Sagittarius. So for you, work is really important. But mm-hmm. if it's too mm-hmm. routine, man, do you get bored. Mm-hmm. When you get bored, you get irritated. Mm-hmm. And when you get irritated, it's very hard for you to focus. <laughs> um, and so what can happen is you become too efficient. And you become efficient for efficiency's sake instead of for the actual task at hand. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Work is really important in your birth chart. There's like a lot of things that are really important about work. So about career, but also just like labor, work, you know, daily habits. So like having a partner where you're like, oh, he requires consistent nagging about little things. That's actually a bigger problem for you than it might be for someone else because You're very particular about how things should go. You have a stellium in the sixth house. You just get things done. It's how you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You just like, I just have to do it. Just get it done. Just get it done. And you hate being a nag. Doesn't mean you're not a nag. It just means you hate being a nag. (laughs) You detest it intensely. Mm -hmm. You want people to be self-starters because you're a self-starter. So I do want to talk a little bit about co-parenting. If you're open to that, are you open to that? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. But I want to start with this larger theme of like purpose. I mean, now I kind of do feel like here's something else that I can put my energy towards. Here's another kind of identity, another purpose for myself besides just being someone's girlfriend and being a doctor. Yeah. So I think what the question that I'm asking now is, is this being a parent? being a mother, is this what I'm meant to do? Mm. And But you've already told me it's more of being here to determine my values and yeah. to live my values. So that makes me want to ask you the question. Mm. Have you always wanted to be a mom? Um, Wanted? I think, oh, I guess. Yeah. I don't think I ever thought that I wouldn't be. I might've went through a phase where I just thought, okay, I'm just going to be a single lady out here mm-hmm. and, and single is going to be my, my first name, but <laughs> I, I, that changed. I just, that changed very quickly. So I don't think, I think I had so many mother figures besides my mother and I always felt like I was a nurturer. It just, I, I don't know. I just always thought I would eventually have a kid at some mm-hmm. point. 
Okay. So that is a great answer. Doesn't it all answer my question? Um, but I wanted to let you go all the way with it to see if you were, you know, maybe gonna, before I was like, that's on the Sorry. end. No, no, it's good. It's good. Because the truth is most women in particular, straight women, I, I don't know if you're straight. Are you straight? Identified? Uh -huh. Yeah. I yeah. made that assumption. Sorry, but I was right. Okay, cool. Uh, most women are never actually asked the question. Do you yeah. want to be a mom? And so most straight women have the assumption, I will. Yeah. And then if they don't have a baby by their earlier mid thirties, they're like, I guess I won't, which is really yeah. different than asking yourself the question, do I want to be a mom? You've given me the answer so far. The answer is you actually haven't fully asked yourself the question. So you don't mm -hmm. fully know the answer. Mm. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it or that it's a bad idea. It's just mm. important information. And it's connected to this North Node thing we're talking about mm -hmm. because it's about identifying like, would being a mom give me purpose? I fear for you that if you mm -hmm. don't have conversations with your partner now mm -hmm. about what you expect and what you need and what he expects and mm -hmm. what he needs and what he's willing to offer, mm -hmm. that you will be very fucking annoyed. That's, that is my concern for you. And that's not about mm -hmm. parenting. That's about mm -hmm. co-parenting. Right. This moon, north node, midheaven conjunction Mm -hmm. And Sagittarius tells me very clearly, you need time alone. Mm -hmm. You need spontaneity. There is a reason why you're a doctor. And it's not just about medicine. It's mm -hmm. also about being in a position of authority, holding mm -hmm. kind of space, but also like data for a lot of people, taking mm -hmm. care of people. These things are natural to you and they're important for you and to you. But what I have seen literally countless times uh, mm -hmm. in my counseling sessions is that a lot of women put up with a lot of shit from their men until a child comes. And then all of a sudden you realize that some of what he needs is what you need to give to a child because it's parenting. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to freak you out about this guy. So sorry mm -hmm. if I am at all, but <laughs> just but, a little, <laughs> a little, I can tell I'm just seeing your face be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, no. but, but can I look at him psychically? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to beep out his name, but okay. will you say his full name for me? Do you clearly communicate with him what you need? <sighs> okay. I, <laughs> I used to. I, I think that I'm getting better at it, but there are some things that I have just gotten tired of asking for. And in my mind, I've just decided that He's just not able to give that right now. Mm. Mm. Like what? So oh, our, we had a recent argument. It's a really big argument about physical intimacy. Mm. And he is just ready to go all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> which sometimes that's okay. But most of the time, it's that's just not what I'm into. I need the whole romance and the flowers and the music and the lights. That's, that's just how I am. And yeah. not just cause I want it. It's just that actually helps me kind of get out of my mind, get out of like what I think I should or shouldn't be doing. He's done it sometimes, but for the most part he hasn't. And he mm. doesn't still doesn't understand why that's important. Mm. Okay. So he doesn't understand that those are all parts of sex for you. So when I look at your birth chart, you've got this Mercury, Mars mm -hmm. conjunction in Aries. I just was like, oh, you speak your mind. You say what you need to say. But then I looked at him energetically and I was like, oh, you don't. You don't. You do when you're pissed. 
but you don't yeah. until you're pissed. Yeah. So I speak my mind at work. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. At work. And it looks like in places where you're advocating for other people in general, mm. it looks yeah. like you're good at it. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, there's certain things that it looks like you just feel like, well, I shouldn't have to say it. It's like a little bit of girl damage stuff. Like mm. you should know I shouldn't have to say it. And yeah. it looks like it's about lots of little things in particular, like, <laughs> like just the little things, like even like yeah. dishes or texting or, you know, yeah, it, it's those little things. You let them go. You let them go. And then mm -hmm. one day you can't let, it, let anything go because you've been letting so many things go. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm not going to say to his credit because I could criticize him a lot because, <laughs> okay, because I could, but he doesn't know that you're compromising a fraction of the amount that you're actually compromising. He, he doesn't. Mm. To be fair, you don't tell him. And sometimes when you tell him you're having like an argument, so he's not really listening. He's just like, why is she mad? Instead of actually listening mm -hmm. because you're mad. And, you know, you've got Mercury and Mars in Leo. So when you're mad, you're mad. Is, mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I, I get mad. I mean, yeah, it's it's fire. It's heat. It's yeah. a lot of heat. And you've got yeah. Jupiter opposite your Mars-Mercury conjunction. On top of that, you've got Saturn square your Mars. So when you're like, okay, we're, we're opening up the furnace, it's like, whatever, mm -hmm. let's just burn the house down. It doesn't matter. But the rest <laughs> of the time, you're very concerned about maintaining everything to be healthy and good. Yeah. So do you feel bad that you get angry? I do. Oh, I do. Why? Ah, because, and I know I shouldn't. But I always think back. It's that always what could have what could I've done better? Oh, mm -hmm. I could have expressed myself better. And I just it almost feels like a failure. Like I didn't communicate properly and I've gotten to this point and now I'm mad and it could have gone a different way had I done better. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. And does he ever get mad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and do you think there's something wrong with him getting mad? I think he gets mad about a lot of stuff that he really just shouldn't be mad at. I mean, you're in okay. traffic. You're in traffic. Just be in traffic. Right. Right. Just Don't like, let it go. It. what are you yeah. going to do? There's nothing you can do. But do you think when he's mad at you that it's a failure on his part to communicate effectively? Or is that just yeah. what you think? You do think that? I do think that too. Okay. Okay. So this is your overall feeling about anger. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we're unpacking this. We're going to unpack this. <laughs> Mars conjunct Mercury in Leo, you get irritated. And irritated sometimes becomes mad. And mm -hmm. I don't have a negative association with anger at all. If you've listened to the podcast, you probably mm -hmm. know that. I'm a big fan of anger because it is a human emotion. Now, mm -hmm. being abusive, being a massive dick, not a fan. Mm -hmm. But there's a way to be angry, which is simply like expressing and sharing an emotion. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can, one can be in a healthy relationship and never get mad at that person mm -hmm. because it's a part of a human emotions. And I don't yeah. know you can have a child and not get furious with your child multiple times, mm -hmm. like yeah. maybe daily, you know, children yeah. are people and they're annoying <laughs> little people. They're cute so that... <laughs> you know, we keep on taking care of them, but they they can be quite annoying, right? Yeah, yeah. And so this issue of figuring out how to be mad in a way that you're not 
punishing yourself for having that emotion, but also that is like consistent with your values, right? Consistent mm-hmm. with what you believe to be right is really important. Now, I will say you have this Mars Mercury conjunction in Leo intercept in your sixth house. And so what this tells me is that you had a parent. Were you raised with your parents or guardians? My mother and her family. Okay. So So it's parents and guardians. Yeah, parents and guardians. So at least one of those people had a relationship to the way they expressed anger that Mm -hmm. modeled for you that it was not a good thing to do. Oh, yeah. Definitely my mom. Yeah. Yeah. When something pushed her over the edge, she would have her angry moment. And then she would almost be like almost ashamed or upset that she got angry. Mm -hmm. I see. So you're just following her model in that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interceptions work that way. One way or another, we are shown that our very natural human emotions are not to be expressed. Mm -hmm. The wisest thing to do is to sit down with your man and Mm -hmm. say, let's talk about how we communicate. I know I do X, Y, and Z. Like what does and doesn't work for you about it? And just listen to him mm-hmm. and don't like give him feedback. Even if you're like, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, just like mm-hmm. listen to him and then mm-hmm. flip it, like ask him. And then you set up a second conversation. Is he okay with this? Does he fuck with astrology at all? A little bit. He is very proud that he's an Aries. Okay. Oh no. Very proud. <laughs> oh yes, he is. A proud Aries, yeah. man. That very is all- proud. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I picked right. one. Okay. That's that is you did pick one. You absolutely picked one. So okay, because I was just like, could you tell him that your astrologer gave you this very specific advice? Like I could. Should... I okay. Could. Okay. So he would listen to this. So then the, the, the second conversation to have after you have both learned how the other one hears you better mm-hmm. is you're going to talk about that thing I referred to before, shared responsibility. How are you going to manage house housework? How are you going to communicate about the things that you tend to not do well as a team, like come up with a action plan and it doesn't need to be a perfect plan. And is he a visual processor? Am I seeing that right? Uh, Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think that if you can speak with visual metaphors, that is easier for him to understand. So if you're explaining to him, for instance, like why you need more intimacy before you get intimate, not just explaining it verbally, but giving him visual metaphors will help him. Because kind of coming back to your your larger question that you're asking about is being a parent, my purpose. I think it's everybody's purpose who is a parent because you're parenting because it's mm-hmm. a really big deal. But I also think that a huge part of your purpose is to not only dedicate yourself to a task, mm-hmm. but to dedicate yourself to a task without abandoning the things that you value. Mm-hmm. And so that means if you give 100% of yourself at work, mm-hmm. then you have 0% left when you're home, right? Like you're just right. like collapsing on the couch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're living through a pandemic. So, you know, I'm sure there's been times where that's just an inevitability. Yeah. But that's not like the baseline. Like this is an extreme scenario, right? The baseline mm-hmm. needs to be that you save energy so that you yeah. can be a whole person. And that will actually help you be a better doctor. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true with parenting. Your chart screams that you need an equal co-partner, like co-parent and partner. You need that. And if he is not equal in the way that he actually like lives with you, I imagine you'll find him profoundly annoying, which doesn't mean you can't be a successful couple, but you don't like being annoyed is the problem. 
you are going through a really important transit, okay? A couple really important transits. One of them is called Pluto opposite Venus. And that one started for you in February of 2020. Nothing much was happening, I'm sure, in your life at that time as a doctor. Well, total sarcasm. Now uh, that you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be over December 9th of this year. So it's almost over. And have you been with this guy for longer than this period? Oh, eight years. Shit. Congratulations. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. You're going to have to work on this irritability thing. Like you're going to have to figure out how to let yourself be mad and yeah. annoyed because I don't know that there's a person out there that's not going to annoy you and not mm -hmm. because you're so irritable or people are so terrible, but because mm -hmm. everyone on the planet is annoying. Mm -hmm. Like you're annoying. I'm annoying. We're all annoying. And that is just a normal, healthy emotion. Mm -hmm. It's being able to like stay with the emotion instead of act on the emotion so that mm -hmm. you can understand what the emotion's about. Is the emotion about like, I'm irritated by his face because I need to be alone? Or am mm -hmm. I irritated by his face because he's been ignoring me for the last hour? Mm -hmm. Or like, because I asked him to do something and he, he's a, forgetting to do it or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. it's important to be able to understand our emotions. And so that is, that's going to be your your problem with him, you know? Well, I've, my therapist you're gonna this is on the to-do list okay good that makes me so happy to hear it. she is by the way she was so excited to hear that I was gonna do this yes. so she's gonna listen I'm excellent so oh that makes me so happy so a therapist be... is into it okay good yeah oh completely completely yeah. that's great well I'm glad that we all three agree that this needs to be on the table but I will say the Pluto opposite to Venus that will be over December 9th it brings up major stuff, but one of the major things it brings up is struggle around your sense of values and purpose. So what you've been going through is right on time. And mm. it's a once in a lifetime experience. You're never going to go through it again. I think part of, you know, and I'm, I'm sure this is just one part. I think this has had to do with your relationship with this man. But I think one part of what has happened with Pluto transiting through your 11th house is the need for you to show up at work has been what it's been. I'm sure it's mm -hmm. been quite dramatic at times in this period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And having such a high value in the world, being able to do such important work mm -hmm. and seeing that it doesn't fill that that mm -hmm. need for you yeah. has probably been pretty fucking rough, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so I want to just validate that. I want to say it's over mm -hmm. December 9th. And in the meantime, the best way to make use of this transit is to have difficult conversations with the person that you love because you need him to understand what love means to you. Like, what are the actions of love? And you need to understand more of what the actions of love are for him. I don't think you have a poor understanding of that, but we have to approach these conversations in an equal way. Otherwise, mm -hmm. they don't work. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's one thing okay. that's happening. Okay. You're going through a Saturn square to Mars and a Uranus square to Mars. Guess what Mars governs in astrology? Work. Anger, irritation. Uh, <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> the Saturn square to Mars was happening February through late March of 2022. And then it came back on August 27th. And you're in it until December 16th of this year. Okay. Now, the Uranus square Mars, that one began july 8th and you were in it until october 12th so very very recently 
It's going to come back April 24th through June 16th. It's going to be over April of 2024. Uranus square Mars is a big deal. That one's a once in a lifetime. Saturn square Mars, also a big deal, but it is not once in a lifetime. Happens a couple times in a lifetime. So here's the thing. Saturn square Mars brings about frustrating situations where you feel blocked, where it feels like you're just trying to fucking move things forward. You're just trying to get ahead and nothing comes to fruition. And so this particular transit will often be quite a frustrating time. And I'm assuming, wait, did you conceive in, you you conceived recently, right? Mm -hmm. So you conceived during this period. I did. You weren't trying? I mean, I would kind of tell them, okay, well, you know, if you if you don't pull out, <laughs> it's gonna go. It probably will go down this yeah. week. So if you don't, this is the possibility. And so you were both like, "Cool, let's have a baby," or "Cool, let's roll the dice." It's cool, let's roll the dice. You damn weirdos! I love it. <laughs> so weird. I'm a Capricorn, and I'm just like, that's not a plan. What are you saying? Does not compute. But I respect you. I respect you. You've got a moon in Sag. I respect you. Okay. So I will tell you, you must be fertile because Saturn square Mars Mm -hmm. is actually not a great time for conceiving. It's not like because it's a bad time. It's just more of a difficult time usually for conceiving. So um, you're like, it's going down. Yeah, it went down. It went down. (laughs) It went all the way down. Um, So (laughs) This transit, I just want to say, is likely confronting you with things you have to do that don't necessarily feel very rewarding to do. Mm. So when you originally wrote that question, you were going through all these transits that are triggering so much. Now you found Mm -hmm. out you're pregnant. So there's like a whole other thing to focus on. Mm -hmm. But these transits are still happening. And so I want to just like acknowledge them. And again, if you have any questions, let me know. But I also want to say the way you were feeling is very valid. It's very Mm. valid. And if being a mom gives you a greater sense of purpose, that's wonderful. And maybe then, like, there's not much more to say about these transits. But if being a mom or a a Mm -hmm. mom-to-be gives you a sense of purpose and also you're still feeling these feelings, that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's a mistake to have a child. It simply means you're going through a challenging time. And this challenging time is specifically challenging Mars, which is a planet you have a hard time embodying. And so it's triggering something in you that you have a hard time dealing with when everything is easy. So when things are complicated and hard, it's going to be harder, right? Yeah. Now, Uranus square Mars kicks up change, like big Mm. side swiping change. Hello. (laughs) Side swiping change. I mean, it's like it wasn't like you were planning on having a kid, but oh my God, you're having a kid. Right. Yeah. And this happened in the first transition. And I'm I'm going to guess that there was other things changing either at work or in the relationship mm-hmm. already. Everything. Everything. Everything's Everything. changing. Yeah. And Mars in astrology is your sexuality. It's what you do. It's your ambitions, your ego, your goals. It's also anger and irritability. Mm-hmm. And so Uranus is the nervous system. When Uranus and Mars are square, people get very annoyed, very quickly and easily. So Mm -hmm. you may be annoyed at work in ways that are not normal for you. You may be annoyed at home in ways that are not typical for you. And the reason why this occurs is because this transit makes us want to be free. It makes us want to have greater autonomy and be more authentic. Yeah. And so when you're making compromises and you're like, this is bullshit, why am I doing this? 
you cannot, under this transit, effectively suppress that energy. Whereas typically, apparently, you're very good at that, suppressing the energy. So this is a very important thing for you to be aware of. The other thing is, it's not surprising that you're going through this transit when you're having your first child and it's kind of a surprise child. It's kind of a roll the dice child. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of like your whole entire life is going to change And that is as this transit is like, there's no other way that this transit can be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in that way it is written, which is kind of Mm -hmm. nice. You're also going through a Neptune trine to Venus. This one started April of 2022 and it will be over in March on March 7th of 2024. Now this transit is lovely. It is a transit that literally can kick up your capacity for love and empathy And it's really great transit to be going through when you have a kid. It also can bring about um, ease with your hormonal system. So in that way, it's quite nice. When I look at your chart, you've got cancer on the fifth house cusp. So, oh, and you've got your moon Uranus. Huh. Interesting. Is your ovulation tend to be a little bit all over the place? Not super consistent? Yes. Yeah. And that's how we kind of, that's how we think that it happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a doctor, you know, you weren't trying to not get pregnant, but also I feel <laughs> what you're saying. You, you're fertile, but you're, you've always been very fertile, but your ovulation is a little erratic and hard to predict. Like sometimes it's really consistent mm-hmm. and sometimes it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. I imagine the same is true about cramping for you. Um, like mm-hmm. with like symptoms around your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Um, it looks like you can be a bit of a bleeder and there could be a lot yeah. of cramping. And then sometimes Actually, you're like, fine. I oh, actually yeah? like self-diagnosed myself with like PMDD. I'm sorry. I mean, not that you self-diagnose, but I'm sorry that you have it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. inclined to agree with you from your chart. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it looks real rough. And mm. I mean, I know you're you're an you know an allopathic doctor, but mm-hmm. herbs would do you mm-hmm. right. Like absolutely, yeah. if you ever get acupuncture, and I imagine all that stuff is going to help with your pregnancy because mm-hmm. really what we're talking about is your body's hormonal nature right and mm-hmm. it's kind of like wow fireworks it's your system is not like chill um when it comes to hormones that said this neptune trying to venus i'm telling you about gives mm-hmm. you a lot more chill like it, it okay. really is a wonderful indicator for your experience of your hormonal health through this pregnancy mm-hmm. so okay knock on wood just because i'm not a doctor i'm a woo <laughs> so i knock on wood um, i'm gonna be like jessica like. i'm having night sweats what do you mean? Also, I feel like if anyone's going to have night sweats, it's, yeah, it's you. Like you, you run hot. You run real hot. Yeah. I mean, again, you're a doctor, so you know how, I'm assuming that means you know how to advocate for yourself with other doctors. Do you? Here's the thing. Mm-mm. I, I have not had, and I think that's it's because I'm an African-American female seeing, you know, my mom and grandmother have their experiences with the medical field. I I don't do well with other doctors. I'm actually looking for a midwife right yeah. now. Good but I know that there's great doctors out there, but I've seen a whole lot of doctors that aren't great. Yeah. And I so mean, it scares me. That's fair. I would say if you can find a good midwife who can refer you to a good doctor, that might be your way to find okay. someone. Um Okay, that brings us to the transit I didn't want to tell you about before. I mean, I always <laughs> wanted to tell you about it, but I was like, I'm not going to start with this one, even though it's the first one I wrote down. This is the Saturn square to Saturn. So the Saturn square to Saturn is really important. It's related to the Saturn return cycle. 
when it comes to the Saturn return, which happens at around 29 years old, right? Every seven years, we go through another challenge between Saturn and itself, transiting Saturn and Saturn in your birth chart. Mm -hmm. And it brings up the themes of that cycle, right? So on some meaningful level, what you're going through now is directly linked to what you were going through at around 28, 29 years old. And we'll get there in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But this transit started March 22nd of 2022. And it was active until April 26th of 2022. So I'm guessing this fucking spring was something. <laughs> <laughs> something going on this spring. Is that right? I I advocated for myself at work. And I said, I need a better work situation. Or I got to go and do it all differently. And it worked. You know, I have a great understanding boss who was like, we value you. And we're going to make this work. So Good. That was a big deal for me. <laughs> massive. It's massive. It came back July 16th through August 26th of this year, 2022. And you'll have one more hit. And that final hit's coming December 17th of 2022 through January 15th of 23. You got one more month. Okay. So Saturn square Saturn is, it's really important transit because mm -hmm. what's happening now is you are old enough. Mm-hmm to have a different level of understanding of what happened during your Saturn return, the mm -hmm. a truly mature adult integrated understanding of that period. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel really blocked and fucked up at this mm -hmm. age and through this transit. And a lot of people feel really a sense of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is hard, but this is what I need to do. This is, mm -hmm. this is just who I am and what I need to do. And most people feel both, you know, to be honest, mm -hmm. like depends on the yeah. hour. This is also related to how you advocate for yourself at work, but also how you advocate for yourself privately, personally, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding that you have not only very real things that you're dealing with, but also mm -hmm. power and a power that you didn't have before mm -hmm. because you've grown up and into yourself. And of course, in your birth chart, just because there's a solid theme happening today, Saturn is square to Mars. That's your birth chart aspect from Saturn. Saturn doesn't do a lot in your chart, but it squares your Mars yeah. uh, quite aggressively. And mm -hmm. so, you know, there's this part of you that fears if I come on too strong, if I ask for what I want, there will be consequences and I will suffer. Mm -hmm. And it's worse for me to ask for what I need or what I want and not get it or I'm punished for it than for me to just take what I can get and like wait for this to pass kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so... First of all, congratulations that you advocated for yourself and you got what you needed. <laughs> yeah, It's a really important, it's not just like, yay, you in this situation, but developmentally in the context of your Saturn cycles, it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Also, it's not over. So this is a part of your pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. So be your best advocate. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the work. If you start developing a relationship with a physician or any kind of medical person and you don't feel like they're giving you the respect and care that you as a physician know can be given mm -hmm. and you as a human person know you deserve, mm -hmm. fire them, emphatically mm -hmm. fire them. It's part of the transit. It's yeah. like owning your space and also asserting yourself without guilt, you know? Mm -hmm. So easier said than done, mm -hmm. but that's, that's the work. And you don't have to do this alone. Your partner can help you. Do you trust him to help you around stuff like this? <laughs> um, I, I know, but I, yes and no, mm -hmm. because when you say fire emphatically, yeah. he would be 
yes. <laughs> like I would have to, I would right, have to right. pull him out of the exam room. Right. But because he come, he can come on that strong. I don't trust him. Okay. So this is my advice about that. Mm-hmm. Bring him with you to all the appointments. He better fucking come with you to all the appointments. That's a starting point, right? Even mm-hmm. if you don't want him to be in the room with you, he can sit in the waiting yeah. room. He should come with you to all the appointments and say to him, like, I really need you. I need you to understand that you are my customer service representative. If you represent me in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable, then I'm not <laughs> going to get the care that I want. And that's yeah. not going to work for me. Like, I need yeah. you to like, if it's time to fire someone, you're off the leash, like do your thing. <laughs> but until then, like, I need you to like ask questions, hold my hand, let the doctor know how loved I am. Mm-hmm. and remember what they say because I might not because I'm emotional. Like, mm-hmm. I need you to not be aggressive. I need you to, like, smile and make them comfortable, like, or whatever it is that you need. I think that's, mm-hmm. am I seeing it correctly that you just want them to feel comfortable so that you get better care? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> I, I mean, like nobody that. likes it. Nobody <laughs> likes it, but, but, yeah. but here we are, right? I mean, yeah. listen. You've got Venus in Cancer, and it's the only other thing that Saturn does is it trines your Venus, squares your Mm -hmm. Mars, trines your Venus. And so that Saturn in Scorpio trying to Venus in Cancer tells me that you're strategic. You understand Mm -hmm. you're going to get more, what is that, flies with honey than vinegar. Like you understand you're going to go in there and get your needs met if you are easier to work with. I mean, that's what that, that's why I said all that, because the trying just tells me that's your perspective. I just nothing mm-hmm. to feel bad about. I mean, listen, you do need to have a good relationship with this person. What you don't mm-hmm. need to do is make yourself small in order to get it. But mm-hmm. you also don't need your partner to come in guns a blazing. That's <laughs> not going to work either. Right. <laughs> he needs to earn your trust here because yeah. part of why I asked if you trusted him is because I want to know if you, you know, if you trusted him, if he's a jerk, whatever, but also because you don't trust anyone with this stuff. So I already knew the answer was no, in part, because you don't trust Mm -hmm. anyone with this stuff. And if he's going to be your co-parent and your life partner, theoretically, hopefully, right. Right. um, Then you need to give him a chance to be Mm -hmm. trustworthy, which is scary for you. And Mm -hmm. he will probably mess this up sometimes. I think that's okay. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. ideal, but he gets to be imperfect Mm-hmm. As long as he's listening to you and trying. Yeah. And hold on. Yeah. He's, he can be real. <laughs> I guess he's in Aries, right? He can be really <laughs> sloppy. He can be really like, he can come in with a real clear intention of what he's going to do. And then he just does what he wants, which is just not a Virgo's dream. And yes, you have a son <laughs> in Virgo. So this is not your yeah. dream come true. You have sun in Virgo, moon in Sag, Pisces rising. You're mutable. You're flexible, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you're adaptable and he's not so much. (laughs) And so it's part of why you get on well. And it's part of why it doesn't work sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. It's both. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm hearing that we should try to check in with your mom. Is that okay to do now? Yeah. I'm, I'm hesitating a little bit because I'm so nervous because she passed away in 2012, just when I became a real doctor. Oh, like wow. Done with medical school. Um, she passed away on my birthday. <gasps> oh, honey. Yeah. It's oh uh, my God. a lot, a lot came from that moment. And it just, I mean, this is, that was my first best friend, my person. So it was just shaped me in so many different ways that, that her, the way she passed, when she passed, but it has 
made me a very good advocate for my patients. Mm. I've been able to share with them because of that situation. So she gave me that gift in a way. Yeah. And where were you at in your Saturn cycle? How old were you in in that year? (laughs) I think for a good, I lost a year when that happened. Um, I think I was 28. Oh, so it was your Saturn return. Okay. And is your grandmother also in spirit? (laughs) She is. Mm -hmm. Your family actually really got along with each other, eh? Um, I call them my girl group, my mom, her, her sister, her oldest sister, and my grandmother. Yeah. It, it looks like you're just like really good friends. Is your yeah. aunt still alive? No, she okay. uh, passed away as well. Okay, then I'm seeing the right woman. Okay. Bear with me. Mm-hmm. So it's your grandma who comes through first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's just she laughs I'm making sure it's her she laughs big and loud and like she's like somebody who's like has access to joy is that her yeah that's yeah. her she's what's her, got a what's little tinkle at the end of her laugh yeah she's she's I mean just full of light like okay she's so warm she's so gregarious and also doesn't completely trust outside people eh yeah yeah, yeah. so her attitude so she came in strong and then she was like I don't know about you um <laughs> which i respect I, I like when people are suspicious of me like in this way i just think it's very well charming. you know she she grew up in that time in in the south and you know yeah absolutely that is fair <laughs> that is fair she doesn't feel that there are things left unsaid she's just come in like she came in instantly with this like i don't know how to put this other than like you know, what are those flowers called? And you blow them and you make a wish. Little dandelions. Yeah, dandelions. Yeah, but when not when they're yellow flowers, but when they're all like this puffs, mm-hmm. these like magical sunlit puffs. Yeah. Her energy looks like that to me. Like mm-hmm. just like this bright, warm. I don't, I'm not doing a good job of describing this because I've, I've never seen energy quite like this before. Your grandmother is a force and um, she loves you, like loves you like loves you in such an intense way. Mm-hmm. And were you with her when she passed? I was not. I was not. She she had dementia and um, she was in her home, but I was she, not with her when it actually happened. She says you were with her. So mm-hmm. I'm what I'm understanding is that like you were maybe not with her in the moment of her passing, but you were with her throughout her dementia. Is that correct? Yeah, especially the beginning of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any regrets about the way she died. She mm-hmm. doesn't have, she feels she lived a good life and that it, her life was hers. Mm-hmm. This is like very important. I don't know how you feel about her death, but she was just like, that's good. You were with her. You know, mm-hmm. she, she felt you with her. Yeah. Um, oh, but your mother's death was much more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so my chest is tightening up. Mm. I don't, I can't tell if this is my lungs or my heart or was it both heart? It's heart. Yeah. Was it that a heart attack? Um, yeah, I, I do think so. I, I, I found her down and I started CPR on her and I just remember the emergency room doctor telling me that, you know, her EKG reading and how he couldn't get a line on her. And 
Um, so I, I, she had heart trouble. That's what I thought it, mm-hmm. her death was from, that she had a heart attack from strain after dialysis, actually. Oh, I'm so sorry. But they, they couldn't confirm is what you're kind of saying. Honestly, I don't even think I read. I even looked for a diagnosis on her death certificate. Mm-hmm. I think that I just knew that's what it was. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it feels different than I've experienced with heart attacks before. And it might be mm-hmm. because she was dealing with the dialysis. So she just wasn't right in something wasn't right feeling. Mm-hmm. I think that I do recall that, you know, after I'd done chest compressions on her, I had this like burning stinging. And I think that she was having chest pain and she actually put like icy hot or being gay, you know uh-huh. what I mean? On yes. her chest. Yeah. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me because it does not feel like often when people have heart die from heart attacks, I can, it's such a distinct feeling. This mm-hmm. feels like I can see why she would put icy hot on it, which is not what you would do if you think you're having a heart event because mm-hmm. that obviously wouldn't help. But it's just like, it's, it, it, it feels almost pulmonary almost Mm. pulmonary like like a shortness of breath was associated Mm -hmm. with it which again I think a lot of people don't associate with heart stuff I do Mm -hmm. think it was her heart but um Mm -hmm. your mother has so much grief that you found her I know yeah I'm sorry yeah Yeah. I'm so sorry it's like Mm -hmm. the last thing she would want and um sorry your mom She's a little bit making fun of this man that you're partnered with um, in a loving oh. way. <laughs> Sorry. Not that's why wait. I was like, I started laughing and I was like, I need to tell you why I'm laughing, but I don't want her to seem like one minute we're talking about something very intense. And then she's kind of like, you know, she's very opinionated. She's te- yes, she's opinionated. Yeah. And you know why she would tease about this man or make fun of this man. Kinda. I'm not, sh- I actually am not completely sure, except that. He annoys me so much. He annoys you because he doesn't. It's exactly what would annoy her. Like the things that annoy you would annoy her. It, okay. It's just she after after your dad, she just didn't try with men. eh? It, it didn't seem like it. No, no. It she was just like, like she was above it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. And so she looks at this man and she's like, is this worth it? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> what's he bringing to the table? And, you know, that's not I don't think that's what she's like wanting me to say to you but that's kind of like her first feedback after she's talking about how terrible she feels that you were there um but she is thrilled about all three of these women i mean you have Mm -hmm. a lot of dead but all three of these women are Mm -hmm. very clear that they'll be there for the birth that's not that there's no ambiguity there i mean there's no ambiguity there you i don't know if you can tell but like you have all of this support with you all of the time, like all of the time. It's harder to tolerate it when you don't have time alone, though, because it's like this very personal, private thing is very hard to share with other people. Your mother's pride in you is, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, oh my God, she's like proud of you is not, it does not do justice to how she feels about you. Was she like this when she was alive as well? Um. <laughs> She, she didn't tell me, but I knew that I, I I knew because I kind of set out to do what she wanted me to do, even Mm. though she didn't tell me to tell me that exactly. Interesting. She's not just proud of what you do, like that you're a doctor. You're a good doctor. She's like, you're a good doctor. Um, (laughs) You're not just a doctor. You're a good doctor. 
um, she's not just proud of what you do. She is proud of what you do, but she's proud of who you are, like how you are mm-hmm. with people. I mean, you don't always take as good care of yourself as you should, but like you really, she's so proud of how you live. She's so proud of how you live. You were the center of her world. You knew that, right? I knew that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. All three of them came through so strong and all three of them are like, huh. They're very ambiguous about their desire to talk to me. They're not ambiguous about their desire to talk to you, but like, they don't want, they don't want me to therapize them. Like they don't want me to like analyze them. And and I, and I will, it's true. I will for sure. Um, So they're like, your mom is, is like doing what her mom did, which is kind of like a little bit pulled back. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you have anything you would want to know or any questions? I'm glad to hear that my mom is, is proud of me and that she understands how I found her was traumatic. I just, I think that I've always wanted to know since then is, is that she's okay, that Mm. she's happy, that she sees what I'm doing. That's good. That, I think that was, yeah, she's not leaving. She's not leaving while you're here. I mean, it's really intense that we're having this conversation just after you found out you're pregnant because for her, you were, Again, saying that you were important to her is a profound understatement. Mm. You did give her a sense of purpose. You did give mm. her a sense of meaning in life. Not just because you were her child, but because of who you were. Yeah, she's not going anywhere for as long as you're here. Okay. And is she happy? Happy is such a weird word. I don't know if she's happy. <laughs> I um, mean, content. She's, uh, she is healthy and well and whole. Yes. Your mom and happy? I'm not 100% like that that's the best descriptor. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She dealt with depression. I think. She's not depressed. She has no depression anymore. None. Okay. But she has like a, a heaviness that is her nature. Like there's like a mm-hmm. contemplativeness, uh, mm-hmm. a seriousness. Mm-hmm. And it's not unhappy, but I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, she's happy. Like I, mm-hmm. I know people want to hear that, but mm-hmm. it's not exactly genuine to who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not suffering. She's not, she has no illness. It's like, okay, this is the thing. She doesn't want me to therapize her, but I am incapable of not therapizing. If someone shows me what's really happening. Yeah. And so she's like, just tell her I'm happy. It's fine. And I'm like, but you're not <laughs> showing me that, you know, that's exactly how you're feeling. So it's like, <laughs> she and I are kind of having a, not a struggle, but she's just like, she wants, she wants you to be comfortable yeah. and she wants you to feel good and to feel yeah. ease she has okay i'm gonna put it in my words but the burden of her death of how it happened and how it happened to you not how she died for herself because mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. um she was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then i think right after that she had a heart attack and she wasn't really aware of what was happening after that it it wasn't like she was suffering for hours or something like that. Like, I, it, it does not look like that to me. Okay. But how it was for you, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a, it is a burden for both of you. It is a pain mm-hmm. for both of you. And mm-hmm. she she regrets it. She, you know, obviously she didn't do it yeah. to, on purpose, but it, she really regrets it. But it is the only regret she's showing me that she mm-hmm. has. Not that she doesn't have regrets about things she did. She actually yeah. threw that in there. <laughs> she has regrets <laughs> about things she did. She did something. Um, but they're not like real regrets, you know, mm-hmm. not like this, not like mm-hmm. this. This is like a whole other thing, but mm-hmm. your mom wants you to have more faith 
that you feel her presence and that you feel her love. And was she religious? I think more than she let people know. I'm seeing that it's it's not a conventional form of religiosity. It's more mm-hmm. like the spiritual side of religion than yeah. the like moralistic side of religion. Mm-hmm. Because the way she's talking about this is like she's like, you know, you feel the light of love inside of you. And that's her love for you. And. Oh, you have depression, too. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. She said that your depression makes you get so in your head that you, you turn your back on this light and you stop feeling it or you don't trust it or you, Mm. and it really, it makes it hard for you to feel her, her love and her presence. And Mm. so what I'm saying, not what your mom's saying, but she's not disagreeing with me. It's just not how she would say it is I would encourage you. Do you ever do any kind of meditation stuff? All the time, but always with the intent to just ground and center Mm -hmm. myself. Nothing beyond that, really. I'm going to give you a different one. This one is, and maybe do your ground to center, you know, Mm -hmm. however many minutes. And then sit Mm -hmm. and visualize the sun. Just Mm -hmm. staring at the sun, but not in a way that would hurt your eyes, right? So it's (laughs) visualizing. And open up your chest to the sun and receive the light. This Mm -hmm. is, and I'm saying the sun because the way she's showing me like this light and this glory, it's kind of like how I described, I did a poor job of describing your grandmother energetically, like that beautiful dandelion in the sun. Like it's that Mm -hmm. same like white, bright, circular light Mm -hmm. to let, just to receive it. You don't have to, don't go to it. Don't understand it. It's Mm -hmm. just practice sitting with receiving it. Because she says that the depression runs in your family a little bit um, Mm. on her side of the family. Like she has it. I think somebody else in the family had it. Is it your grandma? I mean, I don't know that your grandmother identifies with the concept of depression, but I think she she had her. Yeah. But she had, I think she also, you know, were she a millennial, she might say that she was depressed. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So this is a practice of receiving not only essentially like God's light is what your mom's talking about. But it's not like she's saying she's God at all. But what she's saying is when you receive God's light, it's easy to feel the light of love coming from her. Mm -hmm. And so this is a practice for filling yourself up with her love. And, oh, she is so relieved that that we talked about this, actually. Oh, I understand what's happening now. And this is cultural, for sure. Mm. But it's also her personality and my personality. But she just feels like it would be nice if I would not be so like aggressive about things. <laughs> if I would not mm. come so hard on things, just, she wants me to come at things a little more gentle. And does this make sense? I think she was very in control of her image, what she wanted to present to people. And she, she likes that. She probably sugarcoated some things. Yeah. I mean, again, it's this thing we, you and I were talking about earlier about how you have those intercepted planets and how she was uncomfortable mm-hmm. expressing agitation, irritation, aggression, mm-hmm. like too mm-hmm. much, unless right. it was on her terms in her moment. Yeah. And I am the embodiment of somebody who's constantly expressing their agitation, irritation, and <laughs> I am too much. I am like, that is a real thing. So... It's it's just like, it's very interesting because I'm experiencing how she's so much herself and yet she does not want to put that forward 
And she finds mm-hmm. it annoying that I want to put that forward. So she's annoyed mm-hmm. by me and it does not, it's okay. She can be annoyed by me. She believes that you can feel her love and feel her mm-hmm. presence um, without me, without anyone. But that said, mm-hmm. if you have questions for her, let me know and I'll see what I can give you. And you might not, but if you do. <laughs> Is she with my aunt? Are they together? So your aunt, the third right. woman that I'm seeing. Yeah. The three of them right. are together. The three of them are completely oh, okay. together. Did you have a question yeah. for your aunts? I don't know if I can communicate this to her through you, mm-hmm. but I mean, she kept me going after mm-hmm. my mom went away and she has continued to keep me going because she has given me my uncle. Mm. So You're, I need her to know that she, she does. So yeah, okay. the thing you need to know is that they hear you all the time. You talk to them oh, okay. all the time. And we don't need anyone to help us communicate with the dead. We just mm-hmm. often need somebody to help us hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. they, she, I mean, you talk to her like every day. Um, <laughs> so she's with you, all three of them. You don't talk to your grandmother every day. You have periods where you do with your mom. I think your aunt is like in some ways easier of a loss in in not that you loved her less it's just something Mm -hmm. about it I think it was more expected and yeah I had I had lost my mom and so I think I could handle it and I had my uncle there to help me too so it's just a lot more support all around yeah and your aunt was ready to pass she was ready Mm -hmm. to go is what she's showing Mm -hmm. me you know she you know it's not like she wanted to die but she was okay with it and and mm-hmm. there's something that is easier about that across the board. Mm-hmm. But your aunt, she feels like a structural parent to you mm-hmm. um, instead of an mm-hmm. aunt. Um, yeah. And she she goes with you to your hard meetings. She like she, she I mean, she's she's with you. She's mm-hmm. with you in those moments that you would call her. All three mm-hmm. of these women mm-hmm. are with you like all the time. I mean, not inappropriate times, but all mm-hmm. the time, right? They they, mm-hmm. they don't want to be around you when you don't want them there. Don't worry. <laughs> but like the way that the women of your family love is just all in, like all in. It is it is mm-hmm. at 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, for me, it's really cool because I don't often see families that have this much love. And I mean, you get along with each other. You don't just love each other. Like you liked each other. You mm-hmm. really, really did it's such a gift. And so, yes, she's very much with you. Your grandmother is also very much with you, but in a way that was more like she was, right? Like mm-hmm. big and everywhere kind of thing mm-hmm. instead of as localized. Mm-hmm. Your mother, I mean, <laughs> hold on. Do you get help for your depression? I have a therapist. We have been together for six years and her practice is changing. So our relationship will end. Our therapeutic Mm. relationship will end in January. Oh, I'm sorry. But again, it's these transits. It's these trans it's your Saturn. So remember that Saturn square to Saturn that's directly relinked to when you were 28. So Mm -hmm. that heavy year when you lost your mom. That Saturn Mm -hmm. square to Saturn kicks back in December, January. So again it's Mm -hmm. it's part of this larger piece so I do encourage you to put try to put someone else in place before Mm. the end so you have her to talk to about the Mm -hmm. new therapist and what you do and don't like about them potentially (laughs) I think that might be a good way to support yourself through this ending because I imagine it'll be triggering for you yeah 
your mom, she's not like worried about your depression. Like, oh my God, I'm worried about your depression kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But she's acknowledging it. And it's really like a kind of like an existential loneliness mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. She just wishes she could fill that up for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Your mother loves you. Like, I mean, you said it. you guys were best friends. You were, I think you said you were like everything to each other. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah, I see it. That is not, a, that is not an over characterization of the situation. I mean, it's really powerful, this love. And mm-hmm. as someone who's going to be a mom, that's kind of exciting, you know, to have yeah. that kind of love in your life. Mm-hmm. And I understand more now why you would be so wild as to be like Let's roll the dice and see what happens <laughs> because you had such a great experience of a mom you know mm, she's, she's yeah it was yeah. so in love with you all the time i i know that she wasn't like mushy gushy and it wasn't perfecty perfect mm-hmm. all the time like it's not what i'm suggesting mm-hmm. but the love no. was there yeah you don't pray that must be my grandmother asking <laughs> um <laughs> um I in a way I do it's almost like a meditation yeah yeah yeah. but like how my grandmother no No. yeah no of course yes so I think that if you're going through a period and this is coming from your mom okay Mm. if you're going through a period where you're feeling bereft when you're feeling sad or lonely or depressive Mm -hmm. taking a more traditional like I'm going to take a moment to like pray Mm -hmm. uh to talk to your grandmother Mm-hmm. will be your easy access, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, you don't have mm-hmm. to do something that's out of alignment with you, but mm-hmm. that's just the easy way to know you're talking to her and she's hearing it mm-hmm. with your aunt. Honestly, it's the, she's the easiest of the three of them. So mm-hmm. I feel like you just talk to her, bada bing, bada boom, you're there mm-hmm. with your mom. It's that opening up and receiving mm-hmm. her because she's always there for you. And she just mm-hmm. wants you to be filled up with her love. Mm-hmm. These are three different ways and they're all very subtle differences but Mm -hmm. three different ways you can receive their presence which is always there even when you're not feeling it in your times of need or duress and your mother just wants you to have that like to have like a thing you can do that Mm -hmm. makes you feel connected because she feels like you've always been this kid that just like gets in in their head you just get in your head and you like Mm -hmm. you can like turn yourself in circles and you forget what the question was kind of thing it's really about like letting things be a little less complicated and just getting in, like just being here, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately what it's about. And that will help. Your mom just wants me to tell you that you're beautiful and that she's proud of you and she loves you. That's very sweet. Makes me, you know, oh, it's very sweet. Yeah. My goodness. She doesn't disapprove of the, of the man. <laughs> she also want, wanted me to correct that. Like she, she, she <laughs> has her thoughts. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you, were you just thinking that? I was just thinking, I was like, mm. he, he just walked in. She's probably like, okay. <laughs> okay. Cause she, she just said he does. She's not disapprove of him. She just, she just sees what you see. She just sees what you see. She had no time for men. Like at a certain point, she was just like to what yeah. else? And she wasn't lonely. She was fine with it. She was, she was fine with it, but she had her family. Like everyone was there. It's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's not this, you're not the same people and it's not the same situation. Mm -hmm. And it's not that she wasn't lonely in moments, but she wasn't a lonely person. Okay. She wants you to ask for what you need and want more. And Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. So she's, she's down for me to share this. So let's say you ask your partner to like, 
touch your hair or like give you a foot rub or like do whatever little mm-hmm. thing as a way to be like, this is how you preheat an oven. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. you want to bake something, this is how you preheat an oven. You know what I'm saying, right? Give okay. some examples. Okay, okay. Yeah. Give him some examples, but not just that. Here's, here's the move. When he doesn't do it, because he won't, because, he, because you've met him, right? Because he won't. Then you come to him later that day, the next day, whatever it is, and say, mm-hmm. you said you said you would do a thing and then you didn't do the thing. And that makes me not trust you. And we're stepping into a deeper level of partnership. And I just want you to be someone I can trust. And I just mm-hmm. need you to be good to your word. So mm-hmm. don't say you'll do it if you don't think you're going to do it. And if you say you're, you, you're going to do it, make sure you do it and put it to him that way because he'll understand that. Mm-hmm. He will understand that. He does not understand that things are important to you. This mm. your mother is showing me that. Like you Ugh. say, it's important to me that you do X, and he hears do X. Sometimes you say to yourself, it's important to me that he does X, so I'm going to be really chill about it. I'm just going to be like, hey, it'd be cool if you do X. And so all he hears is it doesn't matter to you. Being clear with him about how important, like acts of love make you feel loved, like mm-hmm. actual actions are important to you. Mm-hmm. This is your moment for doing that because everything is changing. And so you mm-hmm. might as well like, you know, pin it all on the change. Be like, okay, we're going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You need to know this about me now. I need to be more forthcoming with you now. Mm-hmm. And I think that will help. Your mother thinks that will help. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. it'll help you know where you stand one way or another. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want you to treat a man like a baby. She and I agree completely on this one, by the way. Like, she doesn't want you to have to take care of a man. Yeah. No, she, that would never be anything that, that's never anything that's been modeled to me. Mm-hmm. Not even really to my, by my grandmother. So. I was going to say, not grandmother, not your aunt. Like, that's just mm, not what oh, no. is done in your family, by the women of your family. And yeah. she fears that sometimes you do that with him. Mm. And she wants you to pull that back. Mm. I'm with her on that. And she sees that he he looks at you with real love and mm. that you do have a really comfortable friendship mm-hmm. and that when things get real, he is there for you, eh? Yeah. 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 I think she feels very similarly about him as you do. Like he's amazing 60% of the time mm. and not 40% of the time. Sometimes it's 70, 30, sometimes it's mm. 50, like it, it's all over the map. And some of that is who he is. And some of that is, him not really understanding how important things are to you, which mm-hmm. is sometimes something you can fix and sometimes mm-hmm. something that he just needs to get it together. Hold on. It's interesting. She showed me something about him. His thoughts are really loud. Does he talk loud? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yes. Loud. He's loud. He doesn't he's even realize loud. it. He doesn't even realize no. he's loud. Oh, no, it's, it's just like his regular voice. His thoughts are so loud and yeah. he's thinking so many different streams of mm-hmm. thought at once mm-hmm. and they're all loud so he can hear them all. And then he's mm-hmm. sometimes he, it's like he's shouting when he's just fucking talking. He's just <laughs> talking, but it's so loud. He does have a quiet voice, but he doesn't use it often. And if ever. <laughs> yeah. And your mother just showed that to me uh. because she says, so you have to be loud with him. So he hears you because he doesn't hear you when you're not loud. Mm. Um, And I would not have picked up on that, but 
I think she's right. I think like you should experiment. Like the next time you're like, oh, what should we eat for dinner? Try to be really loud about what you want. So it's like not a big deal. It's like nothing serious. And see like if he vocally hears you better. loud. Vocally or... loud. Vocally loud. Okay. Try it. Okay. See if it works because okay. then you have more information about how his brain works, you know? Mm. And you mm-hmm. don't want to be like a family of screamers necessarily. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. I, I don't have a problem with it myself, but like, you know, that might not be your vibe, but at least then, you know, you can get his attention by being physically, mm-hmm. verbally loud, not screaming, mm-hmm. but verbally loud and then say, okay, now my regular talking voice is this, but pretend I'm still being loud. Like you just, you get his attention. You keep his attention because mm-hmm. she's showing me it's not about him not listening to you. It's about him not hearing you. Mm. a lot of the time I get that yeah yeah I, get I wish that. I would not have seen so that's really cool that she's she's brought that in again she's paying attention she's not <laughs> mad at him she is critical of him but I don't think mm. there's anyone you could be with that she wouldn't be critical of like I don't think there's oh, a man in the world no yeah no, that that's expected mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah which yeah. I again very much respect okay we we got we got there your mom and I got there that's <laughs> nice we got there we're 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 because oh, because we're anal- takes a little warming up. She does, but also we're analyzing him. We're not analyzing her. I get it. I'm respectful. She's annoyed that I pointed that out because we were finally having fun. I respect that. Okay, I really adore your mom and your aunt and your grandma. But I mean, I feel like your mom is she. It's very important to her that as we end this conversation, we end mm-hmm. with me verbally affirming how much she loves you, how beautiful you are, and how proud mm-hmm. she is of you. And those things are just so, so deep in her heart, so true to her heart. She just really loves you. And she doesn't want you to feel alone and without that love because she, she loves you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Uh It's, she was just like that. That is the thing that needs to be said again. I need to know from her. Okay. Very deeply, very deeply. All right, let's let's just take a moment here because we have gone through the first eclipse, the solar eclipse in Scorpio that had lots of intense Pluto squares. And now we have a small chunk of time before November 8th when we have the second eclipse, um, which will be a lunar eclipse, which is, you know, aka a full moon in Taurus. So it'll be a lunar eclipse in Taurus. And it will come with it a lot of intensity, a lot of busyness, uh, similar but very different to the solar eclipse. And so I want to just take a moment to explain how astrology works in the context of these transits a bit. We go through transits and those transits articulate challenges, opportunities, struggles, uh, breakthroughs, etc., what astrology allows us to do is to have a, a kind of like a objective understanding because astrology is an analytic tool. It's lots of math and we have to do a lot of memorization and we have to understand many different concepts in order to synthesize data. So it's definitely an analytic tool. And this tool of astrology helps us to understand what we're going through, why and how long it'll last. It also helps us to understand what we've gone through in the past. And, you know, we can apply this to individuals like ourselves. We can apply this to our parents or our partners or to society 
to nations or corporations, um, etc. Astrology is so helpful. Uh, I, I don't want to shock anyone, but I love astrology. Yeah, I know it's a big shock. But here's the thing. When we're dealing with moon transits and eclipses are always moon transits, full moons, new moons, you know, it's in the title, they're moon transits. What we're really being challenged to do is to be in a state of emotionality because the moon isn't Mercury. Mercury is the mind. It's analysis and, uh, you know, figuring things out and collecting data. The moon is about reflection. You know, the moon is bright and visible in darkness. And it is meant to help to light up the darkness, but it's also so much about shadow, stepping into our shadow, reflecting on our shadow. And I don't just mean shadow in the way that so many times we talk about like our shadow issues as like our deep, heavy, dark issues. I'm talking about the parts of ourselves that exist in private, the parts of ourselves that we rest with right? Not just what that we lead with and that we show other people or we put on parade about ourselves. The parts of ourselves that are private and reflective. That's the moon. When we are going through eclipse season, let alone an eclipse season in the Scorpio-Taurus polarity, where, you know, in this first eclipse, we had Pluto very prominent. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you probably didn't hear episode 282, last week's episode. So you may want to listen to that. But what is happening is that we are being challenged. We are being challenged to sit with difficult emotions. We are being challenged to act in ways that reflect our integrity or our values, our sense of self, instead of our strongest emotions, our most base emotions. And that is very hard. When we go through lunar transits like we're going through now, what will often happen is we will encounter emotions within ourselves that we have a hard time being with or we don't know what to do with. And it's scary and it is hard to share with other people. And it's not always safe or appropriate or necessary to share with other people. It depends, right? But as a society, we are not great at this. When we are going through collective transits like eclipses, then we're kind of all triggered, right? We are all as a collective uh, human animal triggered and emotional, which means that there's lots of opportunities to feel weird or bad or get into it with people because everyone's triggered in our own individual private ways. And so I want to just acknowledge that many of you are probably holding on. You're probably holding on tight because you're scared of how you're feeling. You're scared of what might happen. Maybe you acted in ways during the eclipse that you know better and you wish you hadn't. Or maybe you just are having fucking complicated emotions. It was a, you know, an eclipse in Scorpio. It's messy. But I want to say this. When it comes to the moon, it's not about holding on. It's about letting go. Letting go is not about not caring. It's not not taking responsibility for your part. It's not apathy. It's about identifying that you do not need to control or contain yourself, situations, or other people. Letting go. The moon governs the tides, right? It's all about ebb 
and flow. And so, whether you're in an ebb or a flow or a drought or a tsunami, it's not the time to hold on, but instead to release and to practice being present with that release. This may mean any number of things for you, you know, given your nature, your situation. But I do want to encourage you to practice feeling your feelings without trying to fix them or understand them and to allow them to be uncomfortable. Because we can be uncomfortable and still be on the right path. We can feel bad and still be in alignment. I think that a lot of people have a way of associating, I feel good, so it must be right. I feel bad, so it must be wrong. But emotions are just energy in motion, right? So if we don't attach to feeling bad or feeling good, but we just let ourselves feel what we feel, then we can learn from those feelings. Then we can move with those feelings. And I'm not suggesting that you or anyone else get this perfectly because we're humans. That's not how it works. But it's about the journey. It's about understanding that when we are in challenging times as we are, as a collective, and for many people as individuals, when we are going through these deep emotional transits like eclipses bring, we got to be in our feels. And part of what that's about is being present with things that we have been successfully distracting ourselves from, that we have been successfully trying to be rational about, right? Or pretending that we were being rational about when what we were really doing is stuffing our emotions. We have so many ways of distracting or explaining away our felt experience. And sometimes that's the best you can do, and that's good. And sometimes not as much. And when we're in an eclipse season, your emotions do need to be dealt with. And as I always say, maybe this eclipse isn't really hitting you that hard. It depends on a number of factors, primarily whether or not the eclipses are directly hitting your birth chart. So let's say you're not the one who's really having a hard time. You're having a lovely time. Everything is kind of nice. You know, you're in your fields, whatever, you know, things are going well. Chances are very high that there are people around you who are having struggle. And if that's not the case, if everyone around you is peachy keen, you are just a unicorn sucking on lollipops, everything's good, then uh, I want to invite you to be a helper. I want to invite you to show up in the ways you can for people around you, the world at large, because this is a time of great emotionality. Eclipses are heavy enough, but Scorpio is so messy and emo and Taurus loves security and stability and for things to not change. These are fixed signs, right? And so I just want to acknowledge all of this. And hopefully, you know, <laughs> some of this has helped you to align or realign with your tools. There's a reason why we go through challenging times, aka from an astrological lens, challenging transits. We go through these so that we engage with the challenge, so that we are present and hopefully grow. And growing sometimes means expanding and sometimes it means contracting. It takes discretion, it takes presence, and often it takes time. And if you are going through a challenging time this eclipse season, practice being in your feelings instead of only your thinking. And if you find that you're overwhelmed by your feelings and like being in your feelings is not the issue, it's not drowning in your feelings, then Add grounding or centering 
into how you relate to your feelings, you know, grounding into your body, grounding into reality, like this moment right now, or centering your energies, centering yourself. And this is stuff I have posted content about, you know, on the podcast. So you can go to my website and like use the search bar and see past episodes where I've focused on these things. You could also join me on Patreon where I talk about that stuff a lot more in depth. And there's a million other resources in the world, right? It's easy to feel when life is giving you curveball after curveball, like you're being punished or like something's wrong. I mean, yeah, it's what it feels like. It totally feels that way to most of us most of the time. But that's not usually the case. Usually it's just that we're going through what we're going through. And the narrative that we hold that we're being punished is a way to distance ourselves from being in the feelings and coming to acceptance. And acceptance is simply awareness. That's all it is. It's not consent. It's not uh, giving up. It's simply awareness. And so if you've been resisting your reality, you know, this eclipse season, I want to encourage you to slow down and see if you can come into acceptance of what is. And you may just find that from a stage of acceptance, it becomes much easier to navigate both your internal and external conditions, even if they're things that you really don't like, even if things are scary or hard. Now, I got to get to your horoscope, but on November 8th, there will be another eclipse. That's what's coming. So I'm not going to cover it in this week's horoscope. This week, we're looking at October 30th through November 5th of 2022. But we're definitely in the buildup. We're definitely in the buildup to the lunar eclipse, which is another kind of heavy eclipse. And we're very much still in the feelings and integrating the solar eclipse. So if you're feeling like you're just not catching a break, like your emotions are all over the place or people's energies are all over the place, especially if you're somebody who works with people or takes care of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're just feeling the vibes. You're feeling the energies. It is what it is. And I want to encourage you to be graceful with yourself as well as others if you can. And sometimes being graceful means having really firm boundaries. I got one last thing to say. Just one last thing to say. I thought that was all I was going to say, but I'm going to say one more thing. So you know how last week, uh, little old Jupiter, sweet, sweet lady Jupiter, uh, moved back into Pisces. Remember when that happened? on the 27th of October. Well, when Jupiter moved back into Pisces, where it will stay until December 20th of this year of 2022, what happened was Jupiter moved back into a conjunction with Neptune. And I say back into a conjunction with Neptune because it was conjunct Neptune, uh, exactly conjunct Neptune, and it was not exact this time. Those two planets were exactly conjunct in the spring in April, I believe. Neptune and Jupiter are conjunct to each other again. It's wide, but it is on through December 20th. So October 27th through December 20th, we are under the influence of this transit. And it is very important, very important to make sure your head is screwed on tight. There are some lovely things that can happen with this transit. It can represent a time of increased generosity, humanity, and spirituality. Lovely, right? But it can also really seriously uh, expand on the negative themes I referenced last week about Jupiter in Pisces. Religious extremism, gullibility, and people kind of slipping into cults and other really destructive spiritual groups, and 
spiritual value systems or spiritual approaches. And also it can bring up the fast spread Jupiter of things that attack the immune system, Neptune and Pisces. What do we do? We mask up. When do we do it? Indoors with other people. When it comes to this theme of religious extremism, I'm going to passionately reiterate, vote. Because here in the U.S., there's a midterm election and it happens to be on a fucking eclipse. An eclipse. That eclipse, there's a lot going on. But I will give you this. It forms a T-square to Saturn. And that is really good news for Republicans. It is really good news for patriarchal, hierarchical, uh, oppressive systems. And it can be very bad news for everyone else. The good news of it is Saturn is still in Aquarius. It is still the time for people coming together for each other, for the potential for revolution. But I don't know. The U.S., we have a real apathy problem. Apathy and individualism, it's real serious out here. So I will once again implore you, if you can, vote. It is not the only thing to do. It is the least that we can do. But it's the least we can do. So do the least. At least do the least. Okay. All right. That's it. Now I'm going to get to your damn horoscope. Okay. So we're looking at October 30th through November 5th of 2022. And the first transit of this week is on the 30th. Mars goes retrograde. (laughs) Shit. So Mars goes retrograde until January 12th of 2023. And then we're in the shadow, I believe, until March which is a long fucking time, but here we are. This is the reality we are in. Now, the last time we went through a Mars retrograde was in uh, the end of 2020. So here's the thing. Mars retrograde is complicated. Mars governs men, right? Or dudes. So yes, we're talking about like cis men, but that's not all we're talking about. We're just talking about the archetype of maleness, right? Uh, Mars governs cars, It governs fire, knives, and hand-to-hand combat. It's fornication. It's fighting. It's egos. It's ambition. It's your red blood cells. It's your head. Mars is is, uh, a really important and powerful planet. If you're a student of astrology or if you're more into different kind of astrology than I practice, I'm a humanistic astrologer, you are going to see lots of things about how Mars is a malefic. Eh. Eh, eh, is what I say about that. When one is learning astrology, it is good to learn about, you know, things like malefics. And uh, I think it, it can be a really useful way of understanding uh, the function of a planet. But when we're actually using astrology for human experience, for understanding uh, social conditions, I don't think it's very helpful personally. And different astrologers who practice astrology in different ways will have a radically different take. And that is okay because there are different kinds of astrology and they will uh, center different perspectives, right? When I'm talking about Mars, I'm not thinking that Mars is a malefic at all. Mars is a planet and it is energy and energy is energy. There are pros and cons of all energy. Now, Mars governs all those things I mentioned. Because of that, when it goes retrograde, we can see the healthy ideal functions of Mars not going the way we'd expect. And so because of this, it is not ideal to launch projects during a Mars retrograde. Will it ruin your life? Probably not. 
does a person got to do what a person's got to do? Do you got to live your life? Absolutely. So you don't want to get too in your head about that, right? If you know it's a Mars retrograde, then you know things might not go the way you planned. You know that things might move slower than you expected. So we need to apply the rule of re's to this retrograde. Reflect, reconsider, reassess. If things aren't really moving forward over these few months while Mars is retrograde, take it as a blessing. You know, it's not inherently a bad thing at all because Mars retrograde wants us to do what all retrogrades want us to do. Reflect. Now, this Mars retrograde is happening in Gemini. It will stay in Gemini this whole time. And it is wise to do your best to pause and think before you act, not just because it's a retrograde, because it's in Gemini. Gemini is an air sign governed by Mercury. It's a sign associated with thinking, with processing through lots of details. Gemini is not known for synthesis. To that, we would look to its opposite sign, Sagittarius. So we have Mars in a sign that gets real focused on a million details and can get distracted easily by details without thinking through the big picture or synthesizing those details. So you can see how Mars and Gemini not the chillest of all the places for Mars to be for a retrograde. What I want to encourage you to do is reflect, you know, and if you want to do that in a Gemini way by reflecting on lots of details, fabulous, do your thing, but reflect before you act. And if you act before you think, uh, then you'll just, you know, be engaging with the Mars retrograde in that way. And that's cool. I mean, it's not the easiest way, but we're all going to do it to some extent or another. During a Mars retrograde, it is very common to engage with, not necessarily with, you know, on purpose, but to engage with energies governed by Mars. So anger, sexuality, ambition, and ego. And this may be through your own issues coming up. And they are not coming up, again, to torture you. They're coming up so that you can learn and grow engaging with your emotions is healthy. All of your emotions are healthy to experience. Now, I'm not saying it's healthy to experience all of your emotions in any way, right? And I'm not saying it's healthy to act on all emotions in any way. But we don't want to demonize any of our emotions because when things get repressed or judged, this is when they tend to get twisted up. And that makes it harder for us to both understand ourselves and to make healthy whole choices, right? And listen, nobody's totally whole all the damn time. That is not a thing. That's not a thing. It's just a direction we want to point ourselves in. So you may be feeling feelings during this Mars retrograde or dealing with other people who are feeling feelings that are hard to deal with. Again, anger, agitation, passion, ambition, egoism. It's going to be important to make sure that you engage with those feelings or with those energies or with people coming at you with those energies in a way that reflects some measure of self-knowledge, some measure of intention. If you just go off of your habitual behavior, things are likely to get pretty messy because it's a retrograde, right? It is absolutely possible that we will be seeing more violence in the world. And certainly if you are concerned about violence in your personal life, like take that concern seriously, you know, protect yourself or protect others. What is a meaningful concern for me is the fact that when I look at the chart of this Mars retrograde, which is cast for October 30th, 2022 at 625 a.m., because that's exactly when Mars goes retrograde, Mars is square 
to both Neptune and Jupiter, which are sitting conjunct to each other. Because of this, if we are going to see violence, we are likely to see it in response to religious extremism. This is where we want to be particularly conscientious about con spirituality, misinformation, disinformation, especially disinformation. We want to be on the lookout for things that we see published, things we see in the world that are manufactured to elicit an anger response, right? Because social media is really good at that, you know, putting things out there that piss you off and so you stay engaged. Because a lot of that may not be true. I have talked for years about the need to both protect the press and have a free press. And I, you know, I could talk about that for hours more just right now. I won't, don't worry. But this transit is really going to, I think, be an important shift around that. It's likely to be hard. Alongside this Mars retrograde, we're still going through this Saturn-Uranus square, which fucks with infrastructure, which makes it hard to know, do I need to expand or do I need to pull back? Do I need more freedom or do I need to buckle down? Like it's hard to know what to do because reality feels like it is tenuous and hard to like really pin down. That is intensified by Mars being square to Neptune and Jupiter. Neptune and Jupiter are not the most realistic planets. I would say they're some of the least realistic planets, uh, you know, speaking as a Capricorn. And on its own, not being realistic is not a bad thing. But when we're dealing with anger, rage, and violence, it is a really big deal. It's a super big deal. And so in the months ahead, there's going to be more of a cause for humanitarian engagement, the people coming together to unify as much as possible against oppressive, violent regimes and forces, of which there are many in all nations and certainly in our individual lives. Uh, here's the thing. When we're dealing with Neptune's energies, we can deal with victimy energies. And when we're dealing with Mars, we're dealing with aggress aggression, right? And so you want to be on the lookout for being passive aggressive, making sure that you are not going into victim entitlement, right? And doing it in a way where you're just basically flexing power. We can see this in countless ways. And this can play out in your personal life from you, from others. So again, we want to watch out for that this Mars retrograde. Because of this square between Mars and Neptune and Jupiter, there is a real risk of feeling just exhausted, feeling exhausted and then being like, I shouldn't feel exhausted. So I'm going to use these bursts of energy. That's Jupiter for you. And then really exhausting yourself or creating a mess because you weren't acting from a centered place. And so if you're feeling tired, hey, man, it's OK. Be tired. It's OK. This is an exhausting time. This is an exhausting transit. But again, it's really important that you are forthright because Mars is all about being forthright in its healthiest forms. In its best articulation, Mars is about bravery and courage and assertion, getting things done. And so if you can't be brave or get things done, try to be honest with yourself and others about that. Mars requires embodiment. Mars is all about the body, right? And because of that, you may have a hard time with your meat suit. Because of that, you may have a hard time with other things that are related to body from, you know, health stuff to energy to sex to just feeling like at home at peace in your physical existence. So this is an opportunity for exploration, exploration that is physical, that is spiritual, that is contemplative. Again, we're reflecting with a retrograde, 
We're not enacting, right? This is not a great time for starting covert operations against other people. If you are feeling really fixated on someone else, my advice to you is uh, to really ask yourself what that person is representing to you, you know, and try to deal with it on a more internal level. Allow yourself to feel your anger or your jealousy or whatever is kicked up, but to feel it and to deal with those emotions as they are your own emotions um, instead of fixating too much on someone else because Mars retrograde is not a good time for that. Picking fights during a Mars retrograde in Gemini, eh, you could, you could pick a better time is what I'm saying. It's not that productive. Now, I'll talk about this Mars retrograde more as, as uh, time progresses. You know, it's going to last for a little while. But that brings us, my friends, to the second transit I'm going to tell you about this week. And it just so happens to be the last transit of the week. There you go. And that's a Venus opposition to Uranus. This transit is exact on Saturday the 5th. This transit, we're going to be feeling it the day before, the day after, and there's going to be an overlap with a transit that is exact on the 6th, so for next week's horoscope, and that's a Venus square to Saturn. The reason why I mention this other transit is because it will for sure temper the vibes of the Venus opposition to Uranus. This transit brings about surprises. It brings about the unpredictable because Uranus is, by its very nature, unpredictable. This transit can bring about surprises and upsets in your relationships. Again, we're talking about Uranus bringing the unexpected and Venus relating to our relationships. But it's not just our relationships with other people. It's also our values and our value system, right? Which is already like this. These are some big themes that are already happening in the world. The rights of women and people on the femme spectrum and diplomacy, in general. So we're talking about like diplomacy on a global level. We're also talking about just diplomacy in your day to day, right? Venus. Venus is also related to how we feel about how we look. And I want to remind you, I want to remind you, the way we look is temporary. It's changing. And it is something hopefully you're having fun with. Hopefully you're in in conversation with yourself about, but it's always a reflection of your values. So make sure that you are not giving it energy that is disproportionate to its value. Venus opposite Uranus is a transit that can be very disruptive to beauty norms. And that can be so liberating, or it can make you feel like shit. But Uh, you know, if you can (laughs) point your viewfinder towards the liberation potential that I mean, that's just good for you. It's good for me. It's good for America. So classically speaking, Venus opposite Uranus is a time where things happen in your relationship life where you're just like, wait, what? You all of a sudden speak some shit you were not planning on saying. Uh, Things happen where that you were not expecting that are disruptive to your relationship. So oftentimes during this transit, people will send me panic DMs being like, I started a massive fight with my partner and I don't know why, but now I'm in it and I can't get out. Uh, Yeah, that kind of thing can happen, you know, because Uranus is the nervous system. It sets off tensions and Venus likes everything to be okay. So if you are in any way repressing emotions, repressing your feelings, repressing your needs, then Uranus can like all of a sudden just bing, pop them out, just like flick them out at, at, at the world or within you. So yeah, it, it can be kind of messy. And this can come from you, it can come from someone else. Now, this is a great time for being open to things changing. Okay, so changing, not getting more stable or secure. 
Venus loves stability and security. That's its thing. Uh, but this is not the transit for get, making things stable and secure. It's the transit for exploring possibility, right? So if you can explore without attachment, I hope you're seeing themes emerge here, uh, then this transit can be really wonderful. But if you're like, I know what I need, I know what I want, and I need this person to give me what I need and what I want in order for me to be okay, this is a much harder transit, you know, and not to demonize that line of thinking. Sometimes that's real. Sometimes that's what it is. But, you know, Venus opposite Uranus wants exploration and openness and doesn't do as well with constriction and restriction. Now, like I said, Venus is squaring Saturn at the same time. It will be exact on the 6th. And so that contradicts a lot of what I'm saying, because Venus square Saturn is all about getting real, uh, coming together with your values, making things stable and secure. So you can see how this larger Saturn Uranus transit that we're going through is kind of meeting up with Venus, making us sad. So again, not great for beauty or body image stuff, you know, uh, not great for clarity or certainty within relationships. You may be trying to have a conversation with a friend, with someone you're dating, with somebody that you're close to, have some sort of intimate connection with because it's Venus. And Either you or they may not be able to give you a straight answer because they don't fucking know. They don't know what they feel. They don't want to know what they need. They don't know what they can offer or promise. Unfortunately, sometimes that happens. If you can find a way to be healthy within yourself and to hold on and wait for these transits to pass, that might be great. That might be ideal, honestly, but you might not be able to. We're in eclipse season and eclipse season means that shit is coming to the surface and you may come to clarity that you need an answer. And if you can't get an answer, then that's the answer. But technically speaking, you know, if you can hold out and let people and situations reveal themselves to you, that's valuable at this time. Again, emotions are all over the damn place during eclipse season. This is not a great time for creating stability. And I will say to that end, it's eclipse season. It's not a great time for doing drugs. If you're going to be partying this Halloween, uh, yeah, be really grounded. Do your best to get super grounded before doing so. Uh, make sure you have, you know, that you're safe. Play safe if you're going to be playing because this energy is all over the damn place between the eclipses, the Mars retrograde. Uh, it's not great, you know, but even if it wasn't the Mars retrograde, eclipses are not a great time for deep spiritual work, putting yourself in situations where your consciousness is being changed by something, by anything, honestly, uh, because the eclipses themselves are trying to change your consciousness. And again, we're meant to be open to it. But uh, if you open up too wide, who knows what can come in? Who knows? So just, you know, be careful. Listen, I'm your Capra mom, Capra dad. Eclipsica, I'm working, I'm workshopping names, but I'm trying to say just play safe if you're if you're going to play because the energy out here is wild. It's just wild. Now, I got one more thing to say about this Venus opposition to Uranus. The next time this transit is going to happen is the end of next year, the end of 2023. So this transit happens about once a year, right? But it only happens about once a year. And so if you have been wanting to, I don't know, like play with your style, take some sort of values-based risk 
in your relationships or your relationship to the to the way you look or play with your gender or whatever whatever it is that falls into Venus's milieu this is a good time for doing it you know if you can experiment and explore without attachment without future tripping it's a great transit and not everyone enjoys doing that. That's real. And n- not all times are good for that. But, you know, if you can get in there and have some fun with it, it's a it's a really fun transit. Uranus can help us get out of our own way. You know, uh, it can also trip us up if I'm being if I'm being honest, but it can help us get out of our own way. And that's really powerful. And as you know, much of a boner killer Saturn can be, especially when it's squaring Venus, it does help us to ground the electricity that Uranus brings. So, you know, something to something to play with. Okay, so I'm going to run through these transits real quick, real quick. We're building up to another eclipse on November 8th. I'm going to talk about it next week on the pod. We're paying attention to the fact that Jupiter and Neptune are conjunct each other loosely, but conjunct each other through December 20th of this year. On the 30th, Mars goes retrograde in Gemini. It will stay there until January 12th, 2023. And on the 5th, we have an exact Venus opposition to Uranus at 17 degrees. Venus, 17 of Scorpio and Uranus, 17 of Taurus. And that's it, my friends. I thank you so much for joining me here on Ghost. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the show. It does make a difference to a tiny little DIY show like mine. If you'd like to learn more with me and get a little more woo, have a little extra support through the Mishigas we find ourselves in, you can join me over on Patreon. Uh, Link is in show notes and also on my very cute website, which if you have never seen my website, I invite you to just go to the net, you know, uh, and look for me because I'm there and my website is cute. Plus, that's where you can find uh, the first and only existing Ghost of a Podcast merch. So, you know. If you want to get cute, if you want to get cute, okay, do your best to be kind to yourself and others. And I look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still-